0: Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Stephen Oshansky. This is the State News Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with the young man out of Sterling Heights, the kid out of Sterling Heights, Mr. Casey Harrison. We've got a good Friday show for you. We're going to break down Michigan State and Wisconsin. Another great football weekend ahead for us. We're going to talk some uh, some of our national stories. We're going to talk about games this weekend that aren't football going around on campus. We'll talk, is game day should college game day, ESPN's college game day, should it go to Western Michigan and Central Michigan in Mount Pleasant? I don't think Mr. Harrison agrees with it or thinks they should even have a shot at going there. We'll get to that later in the show. We'll give you as always our hot takes and then we'll give you the picks for the national games and the Big Ten, something we call five and five. So Mr. Harrison, I'm gonna let you take it away with whatever you want to start
1: with. MSU Wisconsin, college game day, you go for it. Let's start with MSU and Wisconsin. Uh, so let's get into it. Wisconsin, the number 11 team, uh, according to the AP poll, and MSU number 8. Uh, Wisconsin being the only difference in the coaches poll, number 10. MSU still number 8. Um, and it's, it's a great way to kick off Big Ten play because both teams are undefeated going into the game uh, at lovely Spartan Stadium. Spartan State. When was the last time they were there, 2011?
0: 2011 uh, Hail Mary <laughs> game. 2011, big Hail Mary game, Kirk Cousins,
1: Keith Nickel. We'll get to that one probably in a little bit. Keep going. What's up? Um, I, I mean, so it, it's really going to come down to who can establish the running game first. Corey Clement, he's having a great year for Wisconsin. He's got 42 carries, 197 yards, three touchdowns, as opposed to the leading rusher for MSU, which would be LJ Scott. Um, he's kind of sharing time with Gerald Holmes, the hero of last week's game. Uh, against Notre Dame, L.J. Scott though he has 42 carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Who are you expecting to start? I think it's L.J. Scott. Um, Gerald Holmes might get it just because he had a really good game against Notre Dame, but um, I think it's going to come down to uh, like the rotation that Mark D'Antonio said right. that I, that he's going to ride the hot hand and that's that's going to lead the pack. So I actually you know what I expect to see Gerald Holmes start because because of that comment that D'Antonio has often gone back to really? uh, to say right
0: no one actually ever asked that pre- question when we're at practice or who's going to start and i think the depth chart still has lj
1: scott as number one so i yeah. expect him to start i, I do
0: you, but you think gerald holmes should start is what yeah. you say
1: um i don't think he should start but i think he will start but it, the depth charts is otherwise
0: yeah so you well, yeah. think he
1: should start sure he should you think he should start uh why yeah. do you think he should start over lj scott because D'Antonio, he, he kept going back and he kept saying, I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to play the running back that plays the best th- the week before, and I'm going to keep going with it. So, ergo, but by did, that logic. Did
0: Gerald Holmes play better because he had that 73-yard run? L.J. Scott had more carries, 22 for a 98 yards and a touchdown. He took the bulk of the carries. Obviously, I think he's the number one back still. Oh, he is. That's, that's, he should start. He's the better of the three.
1: Yeah, yes, but I mean the hot hand. You can't argue with the hot hand, Steven. Th- he's
0: not the hot hand right now. He had a 73-yard run. Uh, did, so? This is the first time I've ever seen an MSU running back in three years actually break something off for a touchdown in a long time. You know the last one who did it? LJ Scott against Oregon. Wow. So LJ Scott is the closer. He's the finisher. He should start over Gerald Holmes. I see I won that one. Sure. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that one as a you win. You know what? Continue previewing the game. All right, um, so the passing game. What's that going to be like, Steven? Passing game. Tyler O'Connor definitely told me this week in practice that he would need. Oh, he told to you. T- he told me. He did tell me, actually, because I was the only one who asked him the question. So he told me. I'm sure he told some other people, but I didn't get around to him right away. And so he told me, he said, we need to establish the run game first. That'll open up the offense and you can pass more. Because if they can't run, then they know the pass is going to come. And so they're going to be able to defend the pass easier than they would be able to defend the run. If Michigan State can't move the ball, running the football. However, they should be able to run the football with Gerald Holmes or L.J. Scott. Shouldn't be a problem. L.J. Scott should get the bulk of the carries. They'll switch out like always. L.J. Scott, you you just keep pounding away. You pick up four yards each time. Play action, boom, pass. You're gonna. They need to pass. I think as well. Tyler O'Connor have a big day. Big day passing. Donnie Corley it was a. An intricate part of the system against Notre Dame. He's going to be obviously. I think the number one target again. There's no reason for him not to be the number one target
1: over L. J. Over over, over R. J. R. J. R. J. Shelton. R. J. Shelton. They
0: factor into the game plan a little different.
1: Over Monty Medeiros too.
0: Yes. Do you watched Donnie Corley? We were there. Yeah. It, it, he has D.C.B. The, he has what? DC, D.C.B. Donnie Donnie Corley, Corley, baby. baby. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, he Donnie Corley has the ability to go up and get the ball. They told us that in spring, and we were able to see that that first touchdown pass. Yeah, he's he's tall, he's fast, he's quick. He can make yards after the catch, and he I can mean, run after catch too. And that's something that's important. And Monty Medeiros and RJ something all three of them could do it. But I think Donnie Corley might have the more sure hands of the three. RJ Shelton. That's fair. RJ Shelton's smaller than Donnie Corley. And I think a lot of a lot of RJ Shelton he factors in on the underround.
1: Yeah. I, I think RJ Shelton, he's really nice because he's versatile. Uh, he can give you a good carry. He can he can run the ball. And he's very good at short passes and he's very good at mid passes. You want to turn that off? I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> can I Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, that's I'm right. Turned, it's turned off now, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um and so I've, it's also going to boil down to how the O-line plays because they did a really good job against Notre Dame. Um, if they can keep up that performance against Wisconsin, that's going to be good. A lot of polling and, and a lot of... They opened, They had a really good gap control. They yeah. would open up a lot of
0: gaps, and especially on the 76-yard run, 73-yard run, whatever it, what it was. So it was... Um, so, yeah, they, the offensive line should play well. Defensive line, I think,
1: is, was overlooked as well in that. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I think they still have a little bit of question marks, um, especially at on the left side, mm, that's true. On, the, uh, on the defensive line. So you did see Brandon Clemens and Jamal Lyles play both sides of the ball. Yeah.
0: Which I think presents a concern if you're going to get it into a slugfest where they have to be on the field for a long period of time. Yeah. But they're able to stop Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame, it, in a lot of those situations before Notre Dame really picked up late in the game,
1: yeah, they were able to stuff them, you know, and I mean, for third and longs and whatnot. It, it's really exciting because the the secondary has a lot better um, of a chance to stop passing against Wisconsin than they did against Notre Dame. Oh, Because yeah. Notre Dame has a lot better, um, like Deshaun Kaiser. He's a really good passer, and they have a core of really good receivers. If you don't really get that with Wisconsin. It's, Hornib- yeah, they're Hornibro- really centralized and, around the running game.
0: As Houston, it was Bart Houston and, and Hornibrook, and Hornibrook's in the start, and he wasn't not very impressive, they and he's a redshirt freshman. Fresh, he's not he's that not, they experienced. They should be able to get into his head
1: easily. Yeah,
0: it should be Michigan State's. They, it's their game to lose. Yeah, they should come out on top with this one.
1: If they lose, they beat themselves.
0: Yeah, it'll be if as long as they stay out of penalty trouble, and you didn't see really any of that against Notre Dame. So it must yeah, have been I mean, there fix. was the
1: they had what one pass interference against Notre Dame. No, I don't even think they had one. Or no, it was the personal foul. It was the um unsportsmanlike conduct. That's, yeah, what, it was. that's what it was. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's the bell of doom. Um, <laughs> when we come back, what we're it? Yeah, when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, the different games going on this weekend. We're gonna talk about college game day, whether or not Western Michigan and CMU should uh, be featured as the centerpiece for college game day in Mount Pleasant, and we're gonna give our hot takes when we come back. Talking MSU football isn't complete without talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Hi, everybody. My name is Casey Harrison, and any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling team to a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about his journey to excellence for the first time, or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement. Reaching Higher makes a great read and even a greater gift. Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antonio and the Rise of Michigan State Football is available for just twenty-four ninety-five at t h e s n e . w s forward slash D'Antonio book. That website again, t h e s n e . w s forward/dantonio slash D'Antonio book Or better yet, this is Steven Oshansky
0: here. You can go to the State News website, statenews.com, and click on the banner that says Relive D'Antonio's First Years. Takes you right to the checkout page.
1: Check it out everybody, 24.95, Reaching Higher. Welcome back everybody. This is the State News Podcast. Steven's making some funny faces at me. Um, So let's get into our next topic. Um, Steven, I I have a question to ask you. There are three immensely better games on week five of college football um, and probably a plethora more because I don't respect the MAC in really any regards. Um, and I've got friends on Facebook. I've got friends on Twitter. Um, they're, they're rallying for change, saying that College Game Day should visit Mount Pleasant for Week 5 when Western Michigan takes on CMU. Both schools are supposed to be undefeated, um, although I don't know if CMU can beat uh, whoever they're playing. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, Do you want my biased
0: answer or my unbiased I, answer?
1: I want your unbiased you want answer. Both? Sure. Do you want both? Yes.
0: Biased answer is I, I dislike the Mac, I dislike Mac schools within my own state. Um, didn't want to go there for school. Wanted to go here, obviously. And the, their football teams... This happens every once in Blue Moon, but their football teams are very good, in a sense. Okay. Because they're Mac schools. And I don't want them to go there in a sense because I don't want them to see the kind of credit that they only get every once in a while because next year Western Michigan is not going to be good because P.J. Fleck is going to be gone and Central Michigan will retain its coach because I don't think he's that good as on par with P.J. Fleck. So Central Michigan will retain its coach, lose a bunch of guys like Cooper Rush, he's gone, and they're not going to be good again. Yeah. So I mean, unbi- or unbiased, I don't see a problem with it. I think it's dumb compared to these other games like Louisville and Clemson, but then again, what does it, what it do It be a college game day is just a gimmick?
1: Yeah, but I mean d- ESPN is all about selling narratives right and you're in, instead of going to a Stanford at Washington or Wisconsin at Michigan or Louisville at Clemson, you're giving that up as your centerpiece of the show to go to Mount Pleasant true. do you
0: think and any of those guys really know anything about either of those teams?: No, they probably know P.J. Fleck
1: Yeah. And I mean, the thing about it is, you can have like you can send a correspondent out to maybe like check everybody out on campus. That's cool because College Game Day has done that before. But to have the centerpiece in Mount Pleasant is absolutely asinine. Because I mean, why would you? Who who would be interested if you're if you're somebody in Ohio or if you're somebody in Texas? If you're a fan of Texas A and M, why do you care about CMU in Western Michigan? You don't.
0: Do you care about Michigan-Michigan
1: State? Yeah, because that's a Big Ten rivalry. That's something uh, people care about across the country. That's something that they have two of the largest alumni bases in the United States in the world. And why on earth would I care about two middle-rate schools that have... They're out in the middle of nowhere. CMU, if you asked a random person where Mount Pleasant is... Oh, I don't even know where...
0: you and I barely even know where it's I mean, <laughs> I, drove,
1: I drove to Mount Pleasant once, right. and that's, that's because I have friends that go there. If I didn't have friends that went to CMU, why on earth would I ever want to go there? True. There's no reason. And why would I want to go to Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. There's
0: a big MSU alumni base on Kalamazoo.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I have no self-interest to go there. To go there,
0: exactly. It, the other thing you could like, argue as well is... Does anybody even know that's a rivalry outside of this own state? Exactly. And how big of a rivalry it is, is it here?
1: I mean, people always talk about it's it's so big. It's it's second compared to Michigan State and Michigan. But why do those Central and Western kids hate
0: each other? Like, there's an underlying hatred between Michigan State and Michigan because of their development as As top-tier universities within the own state, and usually there's only one. That's why you get Alabama and Auburn. That's why you get Iowa and Iowa State. Mississippi and Mississippi State. Those are your top-tier programs or top-tier schools within the state that happen to be good at football because they're top-tier programs, and you get that kind of talent that wants to come here. And so that, that's not a rival. mean, Yeah, sure, they have a contrived rivalry, I guess. I don't know what sparked it. I guess we'd have to go back and do our research. Yeah. But that doesn't but seem like a rivalry very much to me.
1: But it's a narrative that you can't sell to the national media. No, you can't and sell it. And it's that it's not interesting to the average Joe out in California or some some schmuck out in Florida right. or and So
0: this this game, you think they would move it to prim- it's going to be a primetime game. It already is. Yeah. So I mean, they would set it up as perfect, but then it would become a national broadcast. At I that mean, point. that's the Other thing. Than a-
1: it can be it can be fun to watch like but, I don't
0: think it'll even be fun to watch, to Yeah, be with
1: you. but I don't want to base my whole Saturday around it. Right. I don't want it to set the tone for everything that I watch on Saturday.
0: Unbiasedly, yeah, I give you this, that I don't even care. And I, I mean... mean here's, here's the thing, is that they're going to send their top tier... I don't even know who, they, who they're going to send... They're not going to send their top tier announcers out there. I no. don't think you... I, I guarantee you Kirk Herbstreit ain't calling the game. Yeah, and it's going to be on ESPN2. Where is it in Mount Pleasant this it year? It is in Mount Pleasant. Is it that size of a stadium?
1: Do you even know the maximum capacity? No, I couldn't of tell. You. Chippewa Stadium. It's probably it, it, not
0: even thirty thousand.
1: Yeah,
0: it uh, might be, but I doubt it.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, why would you pass up games like Louisville, who's probably the number three con- or team in the country, and then Clemson, that's the number five team. Is actually should be number two. Yeah, and why would you give up that? That is one of the probably most key matchups that's going to happen all season that's going to be the most exciting game of the week and maybe one of the top five matchups all season right why would you give that up that's prime real estate everybody in the country is at least somewhat vested in that if you're a college football fan
0: you know what i think you and i should pick that game next week as part of our picks as our bonus pick yeah just just to just to laugh at it i think we should because we picked them every week Um, so I think now, after a word from our sponsor, we'll hit you with our hot takes for the week. Talking MSU football isn't complete without talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Hi, I'm Stephen Oshansky for the State News Podcast Any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling program to a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about this journey to excellence for the first time, or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement, Reaching Higher makes a great read and an even greater gift. Reaching higher, Mark D'Antonio and the Rise of Michigan State Football is available now for just $24.95. Again, that is $24.95. And that is available at thesne.ws forward slash D'Antonio Book. You can pick that one up online. And again, the website is thesne.ws
1: forward slash D'Antonio Book. Better yet, why don't you go to the state news website, click on the banner that says Reaching Higher, and it'll take you right to the checkout page. Reaching Higher, Mark
0: D'Antonio and the Rise of Michigan State Football is just $24.95. Welcome back, everybody. And it's now time for our favorite segment of the week hot takes, and I'm going to give this one over to Casey Harrison. If you don't know how hot takes works, we ramble on for about a minute or two about uh, anything we we want to spout off about, anything we think our opinions are great about, so I'm going to hand this one
1: over to Casey Harrison. Well, I think MSU is going to have no problem against Wisconsin. I think that Notre Dame was actually the better team um, that they faced last week, and going up against Wisconsin at home, that's definitely going to benefit the Spartans. And so I think they're going to go up by a touchdown or two. Every one of the running backs, so uh, Madre London, LJ Scott, and Gerald Holmes, they're all going to see reps at running back, and each of them are going to rush for one touchdown. One touchdown each? Yes. Wow. And then I, I believe you think, uh, you think Tyler O'Connor is going to do something? What is, what is he going to do? My hot take for the week, Tyler O'Connor. Yes. Two
0: great games. Yes, against Furman and Notre Dame. Oh, you you call the game now against Furman great? He he had two great games. Okay. Right, he had two great games.
1: Okay.
0: This man has three starts under his belt. You want to know where two of those wins are from?
1: Uh, three games, three wins. The the Buckeyes, right?
0: Uh, yes. He want he walked into the, the horseshoe, picked up a win in front and, of one hundred and ten thousand people.
1: And Notre Dame.
0: And uh, then again, watched in front of eighty thousand people. And picked up another W, only missing seven passes, and throwing for 241 yards. Wow. Given that Notre Dame's secondary is probably worse than Wisconsin's, Tyler O'Connor, I think, is more than serviceable. He's a very quiet guy when it comes to throwing the football. You're not going to see very much flash and dash from the young Tyler O'Connor. I mean, he can,
1: he can run when he needs to as well.
0: And That's the thing. I think he throws for 250 because I think they open up the passing game once that ground game is established, and I think he rolls with it. I think they pick up about 450 yards of offense. Okay. 250 yards to the air, 200 on the ground. What's, so I think uh, Tyler O'Connor. What's your final score picks. prediction? I'm not going to give you that to you until the picks. Okay. not even going to give it to you until the picks. That's You're going to have to wait around for that
1: one. That's fair. Um, before we get to the picks though, we're going to take a look around at different sports going on this weekend at MSU. So on Friday, you've got the men's and women's cross country team competing in the Glen Oaks Invitational. That is all time. Uh, that's all day on Friday. The men's soccer team going out to college park, Maryland to take on the number one ranked Terrapins. That game's at 7:30 PM. And I'm kind of mad that game isn't going to be televised at all. Um, I that's, That's a disgrace because Michigan State is the number 22 team in the country and Maryland is the number one team. That's a a good matchup. If you're a soccer fan, you're going to want to watch that. Um, The women's volleyball team, they'll take on Iowa at Jenison Fieldhouse. That game's at 7.30 p.m. as well. Um, Looking ahead to Saturday, women's golf, they take uh, place in the Mary Fossum Invitational at Forest Acres West. That's an all-day event. Um, Field hockey is taking on Miami of Ohio, and that's at 2 p.m. Uh, men's and Women's Cross Country, they will be taking place in the Roy Griac Invitational in St. Paul. That's at 11 a.m. Women's Volleyball taking on number one Nebraska. Oof, um, I love me some volleyball. Yeah. So that game's at Jenison Fieldhouse as well. That game starts at 7 p.m. Let me tell you, if you haven't been to Jenison Fieldhouse to watch a volleyball game, very good. Yes. Uh, the, the volleyball team, they're so enthusiastic. You literally feel like you're just put in a room full of fun. I wasn't
0: really a fan of volleyball. Had to cover one of those games. We'll definitely go back.
1: Yeah. uh, The women's soccer team, they're taking on the University of Michigan um, in Ann Arbor. That game's at 7.30, so if you're down there, make sure to check them out. And then probably the marquee event uh, football, taking on number 11, Wisconsin. That's at Spartan Stadium. That game kicks off at noon. And then on Sunday, as the weekend's kind of winding down, women's rowing team taking on Notre Dame in South Bend. That, uh, that starts at 10.30. Field hockey, they'll take on Ohio State, and that's at 2 p.m. And then women's golf, they continue the Mary Fossum Invitational at West Forest Acres, and that event is all day. When we come back, we're going to do the picks, and right now you're going to hear a word from the sponsor. Talking MSU football isn't complete without the talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Hi everybody, my name is Casey Harrison, and any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling team to a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about this journey to excellence for the first time or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement, Reaching Higher makes a great read and even a greater gift. Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antonio and the Rise of Michigan State Football is available for just $24.95 at thesne.ws forward slash d'antonio book. That website again is thesne.ws forward slash d'antonio D'Antonio book.
0: Stephen Oshansky here for the State News podcast. You can also check that book out on the website at state dot com. You can click on the banner that says "Look, take a look, relive Mark D'Antonio's first years." Click that, take you right to the
1: homepage. You can check it out right from there. Once again, reaching higher, Mark D'Antonio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's time for our favorite segment outside of Hot Takes, the Weekly Picks. Mr. Harrison, let's get this one going. Cue that music in the background. Let's get this one going. I'll give you the national games. Mr. Harrison will give you the Big Ten games. So let's hit this one off on the road. Number 12, Georgia. Our first game at number 23, Ole Miss. Ole Miss favored by seven. It's favored by a touchdown.
1: That's Saturday at noon down in Oxford. You know, I've got an uncle. He lives down in Georgia. Oh, boy. So uh, I I like the Bulldogs, and they're a favorable pick. Um, (laughs) You know, you can't really mess with uh, the quarterback. And I'm going to go Georgia here. Give me the Bulldogs, number 12. I'm going to have to
0: disagree with you on this one. Give me the Rebels of Ole Miss. I think Chad Kelly and Ole Miss pick up a much-needed win down in Oxford. I do like Georgia in their running game. However, I'm going to go with the upset this weekend. Give me Ole Miss. Our game number two, Florida. Number 19, Florida. At number 14, Tennessee. Tennessee favored by just under a touchdown.
1: That's Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Mr. Harrison, who you got? I've got... The Tennessee Volunteers Because you know why? There was one time uh, d- About a couple of summers ago I went down to Tennessee oh It's a boy. beautiful area um, I don't really like Florida Florida's sticky uh, They're really hot down there And Jason Dobbs he's, He does a really good job of passing He has six touchdowns already So give me Tennessee
0: I used to own a Florida Gators shirt Back in my youth And also my girlfriend Grew up across the street From a kid who plays there now I met him a couple times Good guy Give me the Gators over the Tennessee Volunteers who are overrated. Number three, number, or number three, game number three, number 18, LSU at Auburn. LSU favored by three and a half. That's a 6 p.m. kickoff. An odd time. I haven't really seen that one in a while. 6 p.m. kickoff on Saturday.
1: Who you got? Well,. Les Miles and LSU is trying to gather a crumbling team. Uh, He's trying to to take back the season after losing to Wisconsin, a game that he probably should not have lost. And so I I think Les Miles, he's mad. He's got a fire under his ass for the rest of the season. Give me LSU. Auburn still can't figure out who the hell is playing quarterback, so give me LSU and Leonard
0: Fournette. They get back on the right track. Game number four, Stanford at UCLA. Christian McCaffrey and the Cardinal rolling into Los Angeles. Stanford favored, Stanford favored by three over Josh Rosen and the UCLA Bruids. That one is set for 8 p.m. on Saturday. Who you got? You
1: no, know, UCLA is a tough team, but Stanford's even tougher. Give me the pine trees. Give me the saplings. Give me Stanford. I think Christian McCaffrey does not win the Heisman
0: this year. Comes up a short second to Deshaun Watson. Once Watson picks up in Clemson, this all could change next week. Don't forget about Lamar Jackson. I don't even know who I even want to pick anymore. I mean, it's week four. It's it's still early. Yeah, we can't. Who who the hell comes up with September Heisman? I remember when Denard Robinson was a September Heisman. Uh, Give me Stanford over UCLA. Josh Rosen, as good as he is, his team's not that good. Stanford over UCLA. I'm going to take that one by 10 points. Game number 5 in our last national game Number 17, Arkansas Travels to number 10 Texas, uh, Texas A&M Not Texas Number 17, Arkansas at number 10 Texas A&M Texas A&M favored by 6 At AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas That one's set for 9pm in Jerry World
1: Who you got? Well, uh, Texas a and a really tough team Arkansas is a really tough team But There's a big but there I have to go with Texas A&M because the Aggies are gonna take care of the Razorbacks, and it's not even gonna be close. It's gonna be like a two-touchdown game. Chelsea Clinton's on oh. campus today, and guess where her father went? Clinton. Just kidding, he didn't go to
0: Arkansas. But guess where he was the governor of? Where? He was the governor of Arkansas. Oh. Guess who I'm picking today? Oh, I think you're going with Arizona. Texas, Dad? Just kidding. Arkansas. Arizona.
1: Did you say Arizona? Oh, I meant to say Arkansas. Wow, that you're un- a, slip you're of the
0: a very unprofessional today. I'm going to go with number 17, Arkansas. I picked them over TCU. I like them and their
1: defense. Give me Arkansas over the flashy Texas A&M. So it's a good weekend if you're a Big Ten fan because they've got a lot of easy games uh, to start the conference. Um, the, the couple of Big Ten duke 'em out games, but a couple of other ones. Game number one that we're gonna look at is Iowa at Rutgers. Both of them unranked, but the Hawkeyes favored by 13. That kicks off at Saturday at noon. Stephen, what you got? Give me Iowa over Rutgers. Iowa, the little slip up against North Dakota State.
0: Rutgers ain't that good as usual. I'm gonna take Iowa by less than 13. However, I don't think Iowa has it all together. They are better than Rutgers, but not not two touchdowns over Rutgers.
1: Give me the Hawkeyes. C.J. Beher is looking to get the Iowa team back on track. Um, excuse me. You're gonna you're gonna ring the bell on me. Yeah, if you're gonna Yo, ring it, ring it. Give me a pick. Oh, okay. I got Iowa God. <laughs> Game number two, number 20, Nebraska at Northwestern. Uh, Nebraska favored in that game by seven and a half, and that is a Saturday game that kicks off at 7:30.
0: Only seven and a half—that's some disrespect for the Cornhuskers. Give me, give me the Cornhuskers by
1: 17. Go, you Come Northwestern, no, stop that. 5 for victory. Uh, Nebraska will beat you, and you are really bad. Oh, there it is. Yeah, so I got the Cornhuskers. I give that one up. My, uh, my mixtape is coming out on SoundCloud. Oh uh, remember to follow me uh, at Casey Harrison. <laughs> um, game number three, Wake Forest traveling out to Bloomington to take on Indiana. Hoosiers favor by seven. That's a Saturday game at 3.30 p.m. What you got?
0: Uh, no brainer here. Give me IU. Marty, our general manager, went to Indiana. I'd be remiss if I didn't pick Indiana and the Hoosiers over Wake Forest. Give me the Hoosiers.
1: I've got a cousin who goes to Indiana right now, and my uncle is actually in the Basketball Hall of Fame at Indiana. You've
0: been waiting for this one all year. Yeah,
1: so give me the Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Go Big Red. I love Indiana. Oh, boy. Game number four of the weekend, Penn State going out to Ann Arbor at number four Michigan. Uh, The Block M is favored by 18 and a half. That's a Saturday game at 330.
0: Last time I said take the over. On Michigan against Colorado and I'm gonna say don't take the over this weekend I think Michigan still has some things to figure out as they proved against Colorado I do think Michigan wins by at least 10 points maybe at least I'll go at least 13 just not as much as 18 give me the Wolverines over Penn State
1: You know, I like that thinking. Um, I I think Michigan isn't all it's cracked up to be. I don't know if they're the number four team in the country right now. Um, And I think Penn State's going to show that because every week Michigan plays a tougher opponent uh, essentially leading up into the Michigan State game. And so I I think it's going to be a relatively spaced out game. Michigan's probably going to win, like you said, by like 10. Um, So, yeah, give me the Wolverines. And then game number five, the last pick of the week, Number 11, Wisconsin at number 18, Michigan State University. The Spartans favored in that one by five and a half. That game kicks off at noon, like I said. Steven, what you got? Mr. Football writer. That
0: line is much too generous. Ooh. I think much too generous for Wisconsin. Michigan State rolls this one. I'm going to go 33-20. Wisconsin gets its yards and its touchdowns. However, I think Michigan State continues to open up the offense. Tyler O'Connor, as I said, throws for 250. They put a 33 up on the board. Give
1: me the Michigan State Spartans. I think it's going to be a little bit closer of a game. Um, Michigan State's still going to come out on top. I think the final on that one is going to be Michigan State 27 and Wisconsin 17. So, like I said, give me the Spartans. That'll do it for this show. Remember to check us out on SoundCloud. Um, You might have had the chance to listen to us on iTunes because guess what? (laughs) We're there now. Um, You can share us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Remember to tell your friends, tell your loved ones because we love you guys and we want you to love us. And yeah, that'll do it for the show. Remember to check us out on Monday. Uh, That's when the next episode of our podcast is coming out. Steven, what are your final thoughts?
0: Uh, I just want to say, and there's no really final thoughts, just a little tidbit. If you can, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a review. We'd like to read them, like to get your feedback, as Casey said. Give us a review on there. It also helps our cause move up um, as well in iTunes. And if we can get the name recognition out there, it would be wonderful. So we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. (laughs) you <laughs>